Coming up on this episode of Destination Linux, we've got some community feedback to discuss, and we're going to be conducting one of our famous DL in-depth interviews as we're joined by Tamika Reed and Dee Parler from the organization Women in Linux. Coming up right now on Destination Linux. Welcome to episode 173 of Destination Linux. This is a podcast about sharing our passion for Linux and open source. Destination Linux is a show for all experience levels. So whether you're a beginner to Linux or a master sudoer, welcome to the show. I'm Michael and with me today are the Rise of the Skywalker cameos, Noah and Ryan. Was it, have you seen that movie, Ryan? Yeah, uh, we're cameos on it. We make an appearance. You have to look for us in the bar I don't, scene. We're... I don't know if that's something to be proud of, really. <laughs> I love that movie. I thought it was pretty good. Well, okay. Some people have bad taste in movies, I guess. Let's find out what everybody's been up to this week. Uh, Noah, how have you been? I'm good, man. Thanks for asking. Uh, it's been a, it's been a busy day. Obviously, we're continuing to move forward with all of the all of the self plans, but also I've had an opportunity to kind of sit down with my kids and reintroduce them to some new, more in depth projects, things that I wouldn't ordinarily have time for. But now working from home me for them to dig into a project in the next room and then come in and poke questions say hey how do i get this thing to work or that thing to work and so we've been we've been breaking out raspberry pies we've been breaking out breadboards soldering irons a whole nine yards and i've uh, i've really found my my uh, my power stroke with uh, with being able to to work a little bit and recreate a little bit nice uh ryan what's new in your world so i got my hands on a neo geo mini arcade machine and I awesome. did a video on this recently and I've had so much fun with this little device. And norm I've played with these other mini arcades before and they either don't have an output so you can't play them on a big TV or their controls are terrible or the screen's bad. But this device really is well done. And I don't know about you, but when I was a kid, I used to stare at that five $600 Neo Geo yes. in the game store window and it would have the games playing in the demo and knew that my parents and us could never afford that and therefore I could never play those games but being able to go back now and relive my childhood playing some of those games on with the arcade sticks and the buttons it's just a ton of fun I've had a blast with it so that's been my relief from all of the work that I'm doing to learn Python and apply that and I'd like to say Michael you were wrong. You said I couldn't do a website in Python. I did it. I proved it in my room. To be a fair. Boom. To be fair. He did not say you couldn't do a website in, in, in Python. He said it was a bad idea to do a website in Python. Oh, I misunderstood. Right. But more importantly, I said it's not as good. It's not a good idea because once you get to a certain point, you're going to be spending more resources than is necessary to perform the website. However, we should also point out that he just put a text document up on the thing and it's basically it's still in Python. That text that is document, a website in Python. I mean, Thank okay. you. That Noah. totally counts. Sure. Yes. Sure. It's probably I the fastest loading sure. Python website ever. In fact, Brian, probably. you mentioned the speed difference between a PHP website that renders <laughs> the text and, and Python because Michael's claim was that it, it wasn't as efficient. Well, yeah, I compared it against YouTube, my text <laughs> website, and my text website was literally 30 times faster. Yours yeah. was faster. So yeah. you created a faster website than YouTube in Python. Exactly. That, well, there you have it. Michael's wrong. There, there you go. Stand corrected once again. <laughs> What's new in your world, Michael? What did you do with all your free time? Well, I've done quite a few things, and this, many of these things are related to this show. I actually have a lot of changes that we're going to be introducing next week. We're going to do a big reveal, and there are going to be new graphics for the site for the show. I mean, there'll be new graphics, and 
We're going to have a new logo and some new branding that I've made for the show, and I can't wait to do it. There also is going to be some things that I think Noah is super excited about. New OBS scenes. They're going to be providing so much more improvements Finally. to the show, and it's just such a just a fantastic thing that everybody's excited for, and I can't wait to do that. Uh, I mean, but a that, year and a half later, we don't have stickers. We we don't we won't have new shirts for the the new logo. You know what? Or That's okay. For about six That's months. okay. That's okay because everything every week. What do we tell them, Ryan? I we wish we more had OBS. more OBS scenes. Yes, exactly. I mean, that's, what, that's, See, that's, that's what I'm saying every time. That's what I'm doing. See, I'm I'm pro- I'm providing a service that you've been requesting for so long. You new it. OBS scenes. Exactly. Thank you, Michael. Also, you, what would we do without you? The other things. Everyone we'll should the, be more like Michael. Ex- See, this is fantastic. The, <laughs> the I I put outtakes in the last episode for people who didn't doesn't doesn't know what that reference is. But last episode, I put in outtakes about because they they said they had an argument about whether or not it should do, be more like me, and I think they both had good points. But uh, you should definitely check out that episode. About the two stones hitting against each other, yeah. and in that episode, you actually <laughs> did some great editing because you turned those scenes where we were making fun of you black and white. So you could clearly just skip to the part where we're making fun of Michael, which is why most people listen anyways. Yeah. You could just skim past all the other stuff and just like, or they make it. Okay. Make it fun of Michael. Cool. Check. <laughs> sure. Whatever. This week's episode of destination Linux is sponsored by digital ocean. DigitalOcean offers the simplest, most developer-friendly cloud platform. It's optimized make managing and scaling apps easy with an intuitive API, multiple storage options, integrated firewalls, load balancers, and so much more. You can get all this plus access to their world-class customer support for as low as $5 per month. Or you can use their flexible pricing structure for as low as 0.7 cents per hour. That's not 7 cents per hour, but 0.7 cents per hour. And as Ryan would say, that's darn near free. And DigitalOcean also has over 2,000 cloud agnostic tutorials to help you stay up to date with the latest open source software, languages, and frameworks. And we talked about this last week, but I just want to reiterate it. Uh, any tutorials, I found a, re- a tutorial this week that talks about of like all this different information that I was super excited about. And then I found out it's five years out of date and not useful. But with DigitalOcean, they take care of that. So anytime you look at a tutorial, it'll let you know what is relevant to what versions of the software that they're talking about and if there's a new up-to-date version. So you can always have the latest up-to-date software and information about that in their tutorials, which is awesome that they do that. And you can get started on DigitalOcean for two months for free with a $100 credit by going to do.co slash DLN. And let me be clear about this. This is $100 free for two months. You get two months to be able to use this in whatever amount you want to have like 10 droplets or do you want to have uh, you want to have like two $50 gigantic droplets. All of these things you can do. You just test out and, and experience what the value is of DigitalOcean. And you can learn with these droplets and you can just spin them up, like drop them down as much as you want. And you can learn so much in this, this time period that you definitely check out those tutorials and use them with that $100 credit because you can get this by going to do.co slash DLN. And we want to thank DigitalOcean again for sponsoring this episode of Destination Linux. Gabriel writes in to say, okay, so I was checking the store page for some cool merch, but I was shocked when I found out there's no stool merch. What am I supposed to do without a stool hoodie? Sincerely, Gabriel. 
I know that's Michael. What do you have question. to say for yourself? It's yeah. a fantastic question, and I don't really. It have is a, a fantastic rest- question. I mean, this is this is kind of relevant to what Ryan was giving me a hard time earlier about the stickers and the stool stuff, and you know, like we should do this. I'm going to be making Gabriel some stool on behalf of the Destination related- Linux crew. Michael is going to send you the stool in the back of his uh, scene, <laughs> and he'll autograph that. And actually, he's going to ship it to Ryan. Ryan's going to autograph it. Then he's going to pay to ship it to me. I'll autograph it. Then we'll ship. I'm it so back glad to that we have this show. We can express our own opinions, yeah. and we don't talk for each other. It's such a great experience. Yeah to have that sort of thing so oh, shut your face enjoy that. <laughs> michael's gonna send you a stool yeah so i will make some stool merch uh i guess but yeah is that gonna be a thing because if that's gonna be a thing i'm very excited i yes. will personally wear a stool shirt i do want to make some thinking st- on it like that guy that looks like he's sitting on a toilet with his fist under his chin <laughs> <laughs> that, that's okay that's a famous statue called the thinker well i don't know why you oh. said it <laughs> you put it to that but anyway uh yeah, I think I could do something like that. I was I was just maybe we'll see how what kind of art I come maybe up with. Maybe we could have but. Wendy take a picture of you doing that pose on a stool, you know, we could use that and we could render it in brouch and then put it on a t-shirt. That would be perfect. <laughs> it would be so artful with the mosaic effect and everything. We love hearing from our worldwide community. We have many ways for your voice to be heard. You can send us a short email or video that may get incorporated into the show, particularly if they're funny and if they make Michael laugh and if they make fun of Michael. Send those video links or emails to comments at destinationlinux.org. So we're going to be doing one of our famous in-depth interviews. And joining us this week is Tamika Reed and Dee Parler of Women in Linux. Tamika is the CEO and founder of Women in Linux and also a senior infrastructure engineer at Expansia. Along with Dee, she is the co-founder and co-COO uh, of Women in Linux and implementation and software trainer at Secure Access Systems. So thank you both for joining us very much for the show. Thank you for having us. How's everybody doing? We're doing good. We're so excited you're here with us on Mother's Day, nonetheless. Yep. No, right? Thank you. Y'all have kids. <laughs> <laughs> well, we thank you very much for joining. And also, I'm so excited for that that I got through that introduction this time. So, yes. Congratulations uh, on that, Michael. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so le- the first question is one we, we ask everybody who's our guest. How did you get started in Linux? So, Tamika, let's start with you. So, long story short living in Hawaii, taking Cisco networking classes. Uh, My lab partner at the time was like, man, this is just like the Linux command line. And I was like, oh, cool. And this, we were programming Cisco routers and switches. And I was like, okay, well, maybe if I learn Linux, had no clue what it was. uh, If I learn Linux, I'll really get good at, you know, what we need to do. And he was like, well, not necessarily you'll get good at the command line, but not necessarily. I was like, well, just show it to me. So I end up dating myself. We were buying a compact Presario computer for $72. Uh, He brought it over. It was with SUSE Linux on it. And I asked him, I was like, well, how do I get on the internet? And he flat out told me, he's like, that's on you to figure it out. And so he, so I, very helpful, right? So I took it upon myself to try to figure it out. Couldn't figure it out at that time. So I went to the bookstore. This is back when you, any of your new listeners, you know, we had these things called bookstores, brick and mortar. <laughs> and so I went to the bookstore. Yeah. So back then they sold uh, Red Hat on the shelf. You could bu- literally go in and buy Red Hat in a box, a Red Hat box with the CDs and some instructions. And I went and bought the book. I went and bought uh, Red Hat and I've been and bought a, a couple of Linux books. 
And then I came back home and, uh, you know, again, dating myself, I would unplug my Windows box and then I'll plug in my Linux box and I would try commands and then I would print things off and I would go back and forth. And so I just kept doing that over time, trying to make my Linux box act like my Windows box. And, you know, after a while, I kept, I'd look, start looking at it and say, well, can I get a job in it? And I, I just started looking up jobs. And so a hobby became a, a, a full-time job. And, and that's how I got started. I think that's fascinating because you are demonstrating something there that a lot of people don't. And I really think it is the difference between those who have and find success and those who, who generally have problems finding success, which is you kept persevering versus giving up on it. Many Mm -hmm. people would be like, "Ah, I can't get the the internet to work. It's too hard. I'm going to go do something else. What was it that made you keep pushing yourself? Really is like a puzzle. So when I look at, tech I look at like I mean this is just how and this is how I teach too I look at what's the big what's my ultimate goal and then what are the small steps I need to take to get there so I knew I needed to get on the internet and so I knew things about the computer right I knew it was a compact brasario I knew how to find out what kind of nick it was because I actually went online and read it and and I read that from linuxnewbies.com I would go on their stuff and read and post and people would tell me stuff. And people used to be really nasty back in the day. Let's not exclude this. Oh, they still are. Oh yeah. yeah. They used to be so, so nasty. Like you will post a question like, Hey, I'm trying to figure out what my Nick card is. Don't you read what the actual agreement says before you make a post? Blah. Oh, RTFM. Go to the manual. My bad. You know, I'm just (laughs) I'm just here trying to learn. Forgive me for asking a question, but I I would do that, and and this is what I do today as well too. I figure out what all I need to know, and then I go look it up. And if I can't find something, and then I'll go somewhere and ask a question or post a question. But I try to do all my research first. And what I've learned is by me doing that research first, I probably learned a whole lot of other stuff that I didn't want to know, but I learned a whole lot of stuff that I could use down the line in terms of troubleshooting and how to dissect the problem. There's so many lessons in what you're saying there because there are a lot of people who also would go onto those forums, see that hatred or anger going out and give up right at that moment. But that still didn't stop you. And I love no, that. the IRCs I joined. In fact, I got a funny story about joining an IRC. Uh, I, I joined, didn't know anything about it. And then my computer got hacked because, you know, back in the day, that's how people were hacking computers. And so uh, the guy ends up taking over to my computer and he was like, I know where you live. I know everything about you. And I, I, I responded cause I thought it was funny because it was my Linux box. I was like, well, tell me more about me, you know, tell me more about what you found out about me. He's like, I'm all over your network. I was like, that's awesome. I said, did you, you know, like, did, did you see the, you, I got engaged with it. And then I was like, well, how the heck did he do that? I want to know how now. Now I go out. It's like now train me. The, How did you do it? <laughs> now I go back to the now I go back to the store and I'm like now I'm looking for hacking with Linux. Oh, that's a whole nother thing. That's a career? Huh. Didn't know. And that's how, you know, for me, that's just how I got started. It, it, eventually I unplugged that computer and wiped it and, you know, switched up the IP, but it was just 
one of those things that you learn from. I love it. Yeah, that's an awesome. That's an awesome way to address something that would most people consider catastrophic. And it's like, oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Tell so, me more about yourself, yeah. right? <laughs> right. Yeah, that's 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 pretty awesome. So uh, let's let's just switch to D. So how did you get started in Linux D? Tamika. <laughs> that's how I got started. Um, nice. I was we were hanging out watching movies, and I got a call from a client that I was helping open a retail store here in Florida, and I was handling different aspects of it. And she heard me on the phone, and she was just like, "Man, you'll be really good in in tech." And I'm just like, "Doing what?" She's like, "The same thing." And I was like, "Oh, well, tell me more." <laughs> and so. <laughs> And so she's like, yeah, I'm in tech and, you know, I work on Linux and, you know, more personal stuff about what she was doing, you know, with Skiffs and her career, basically the story she just told you guys. And I was just like, okay, well, show me. So <laughs> she's Love just it. like, it was like this light bulb moment. And if you, if you know Tamika, it's just like, oh, Really? You want to know about what I do? She's just like, oh my God. And she got this biggest smile and she went and grabbed all of this stuff. And she was like, oh my God, I'm going to show you how to do Linux. You're the only one of my friends that have ever been really interested in what's going on. Ah. So she gets all this stuff and she starts going over Linux. And literally, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> And she just looks at me and I'm like next to her and I'm on her shoulder. And she's like, really? Are, are you sleeping? And I'm just like, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> and I was just, it, it didn't get boring. And she was like, well, what happened? I was like, well, it was really over my head. I'm like, you gave me like a real 360 for me. And I need it like right here in front of my face. Like, how right. do I do, get on this box? I and gave so, her the old school way. Yeah, right. you're gonna you're gonna open up this terminal and you're gonna learn Vim. We weren't even on the, the command line, but she went and got all this stuff from way back in Hawaii, and she started getting all of these books and stuff. And I'm like, oh my god, I walked into something. And so, <laughs> <laughs> you know, technology had shifted, and you know how you learn Linux a little, it yeah. shifted as well. So. Um, I got an, she ordered me like an essential Linux guide manual. It's usually, I keep it in my backpack for commands and uh, I joined the Linux Academy nice. and I joined the Linux Academy when Anthony first started and where he was still doing a lot of teaching and I would go on there and I would learn and I would just kind of get lost. And if I had any questions, I would ask her the questions then and just I got to explore and I think I've been exploring ever since and I didn't realize how technical I actually was because I had always been an entrepreneur and so when it came to you know I was the first one of my friends to have like voice over IP and connecting your home network and things of that nature and so when I start really reading what I was doing and I was like well hey I think I'm, I'm I've been doing this for a while now, but I didn't know I could, you know, get paid for it. And, you know, I guess, I guess that was the beginning of women in Linux. Cause we just sat, you know, sat and have a conversation. Well, it was just like, well, if I'm just an average Joe on the street and I want to learn something different or pivot my career. And I've been doing one thing for so long. Well, how do I get into this without feeling 
overwhelmed and intimidated. So later Very we cool. started Women in Linux. That is awesome. I, I do have one quick question. So did you get a similar experience? Did Tamika hack you when order, so you could experience what it felt like to be hacked? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, okay. Oh, no. But she, she's like, she was like cracking the whip. On, she, <laughs> I mean, she wanted to, and I literally been in the music business. And if anybody knows the music business, it's just like, they want you to start with the grunt work. Mm-hmm. And she was trying to like do the music business internship on me. And I wasn't having it. She was just like, you got it. She wants to send me to the IRC. And I, and I was there and I was like, mm, I don't like it. It's like the underbelly. You know, know, and she's trying to put me through the boot camp she went through. And I was just like, hey, but out of that, now she knows how to do an automated install of VMware loops and bash. She understands how to get on the command line. You know how to SSH in. It's a lot of things you know how to do. I can understand is a thing. I can now go into a room full of people that are considered nerds and not fall asleep. But, but actually know what they're talking about <laughs> and have a, I'm, I'm and, on a and, podcast <laughs> and actually do the work though right and do, you, yeah. and do the work so. yeah so if, if 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 she had to go sit in a room and had to learn terraform from scratch she, she and they say hey open up your terminal and and type in these commands she were like oh Boop, 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 boop. Where in some places, and I've been to several conferences, people that have been in the game 15 years don't even have never ever looked at a terminal or they don't know how to install a package or you're not wrong. You, you know, like they don't they don't even know how to do what I consider the basics. Those are the those are things are basics to me. Like, yeah. you know, open up your terminal, understanding how to find out how much memory you have, how much space you have, what's on your machine, when was the last time it was updated. Like, those are, if you've been in the game 15 years, you should know that. Yeah. I should be a lot further along in my career, but I'm a perfectionist to some extent, and semicolons and typos trip me up, and they make me extremely frustrated. Yeah. And so, same here. Um, <laughs> I try to stick with the business side of things because I I would literally be hostile (laughs) all the time. So you guys uh, obviously had a had a very interesting journey into Linux, and you came into it with a bunch of passion. You come into it with a you you're acquiring skills. Mm-hmm. Um, you're becoming very proficient. You're bettering yourselves, and so now you could easily get a job. I would assume at one of the you know pick your company um, mm-hmm. that's paying people to do the work you're doing. And, and instead you guys decide um, to go down this path of, of, of forming an organization. Tell me about that organization. Tell me how it came into existence. So there's two things that I still work full time. So, so, <laughs> well, okay. Yeah, I still, I still work full time. Uh, women in Linux is, I don't want to call it a hobby because it's more than a hobby in the sense of is a, it has allowed me to, peek my head and dip my toe into other arenas around Linux. Um, So basically when we started, we started with just uh, her and I filing for our nonprofit, um, then putting our meetup, we went to meetup.com and we said, hey, we want to do, we want to meet, you know, every week. And we would get down. We was like, well, let's start virtually first. Now, by our rules and regulations from meetup.com, you have to 
meet in person. That's their rules and regulations. Um, but I'm like, well, how do you check that? I don't know how you check that. So we just kept it virtual. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, so since we kept it virtual, that means we could, you know, people can join us from anywhere. So for the first, like, three or four meetups, it would just be her and I on the meetup. And so I would teach as if it was an audience there anyway. And then I eventually word started getting around. I started applying to speak at conferences. That word got out. And the next thing you know, we're setting up Twitter accounts. We're setting up LinkedIn. We're setting up Facebook. And we're just, you know, with just a constant push of, of, of social media. I, I did, I think I did two lives one time. And I was like, yeah, this ain't for me. Because I was like, <laughs> I don't know who I'm getting. And I need, I need, I need feedback from people. Right. Uh, while I'm teaching to make sure people are understanding. So, you know, we use things like go to meeting or, you know, if someone wants us to get on and teach a class, we'll teach a class or something like that. But that's how we got started. And so that traction has gained from writing blogs, speaking at conferences, doing podcasts and just really flooding the market for information that I want people to have and have knowledge of. So that could be, hey, do you know, like, I think a lot of people miss out on what a data center is and understand that your information lives in a data center somewhere and understanding that there's still machines and understanding they're still being plugged into some power supply and they're still, you know, that, that, that is, it's not going anywhere. We're not going to have planes flying over for our data center just constantly flying over that's 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 not what the cloud is right (laughs) (laughs) and and yet there there are people out there that don't understand that and yet there are people that just trust everybody's computer because it's the cloud and i can put my data on there and i can store it there and so what motivated that how did that um you know it was it was it a function of you just wanted people to have um technical intelligence i guess for lack of better no that's where i started that's okay. where that's where I started. I started with, hey, we're moving into a new office. We need to set up all these computers, including the desktops, the drops in the in the building. We need to spec out what we need, how much bandwidth, what are we gonna do, uh, who needs to access this, the whole the whole nine. I I I started out from that, right? So from 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 starting from that, I, I was able to learn, you know, like well, how do you spec a computer? Um, how do you spec out for a server? How do you how do you set up a, a small office? How do what what is disaster recovery? What are backup plans? How do you expand that and say, hey, we got this one building, but we want to go to four of the buildings and do this? How do you do that? You know, so that's where my background comes from. But in the sense of that's really where startups are at as well, too, right? You know, yeah. if I'm a startup, I may I may be in my basement or in my garage, but when I go to get a building, I need these things in this building, you know, and how do you incorporate security in that? And how do you replicate yourself? You know, like, how do I say, well, I can't do everything, but I need to have this documentation. I need to have these things and I need to meet these standards. And how do I replicate myself from that? So it's a it's a whole nother world that gets missed by saying I'm going to go to AWS and create an account and then spin up a, a EC2 instance on AWS. You miss all these other things that 
most employers right now are really looking for people to still have those skills. Yep, absolutely. So D, you credit Tamika with exposing you to the career in tech. And obviously mm-hmm. you were interested in learning this and continuing it. You decide to join with her in the women in Linux. Why did you want to pursue that personally? What was your interest in continuing to go down the tech route? You already had a career in the music industry and other things. What was it that drove you? For me, I, I like a challenge and it opened my eyes to something that I I didn't know that I can do, you know, and it was just like, okay, again, it's one of those things like how, how do you pivot when you're looking for something new? And it kind of just fell in my lap, literally, you know, because I had been an independent contractor for so long. It's just, you get used to the hustle and the grit and tech is the same way. It's a hustle. It's it's a grind. And, you know, if you're, going for the big companies, the Facebooks, the Googles and things, they are going to put you through the mousetrap to try to get one of those not always high paying jobs, you know, and just looking at technology as an industry and knowing that there were tech in all things and how everybody was a user. But when you are so into your career and focused on what you do, if you're in real estate or you're in the finance, like everybody has to touch touch technology. And so it kind of got my mindset to say, okay, based on my career in real estate, because I was doing real estate at the time and, and it was just like, okay, well, what type of soft, what we use real estate software. Let me look at those type of companies and going, and this is what we teach in the meetup, how to look in the field that you're in, how to get a resumes and job descriptions and kind of and break them down and say, you know, what am I missing? What do all these resumes and job descriptions have in common? Is this something that I want to do? Do I want to go for a big company? Do I want to go for a small company? And then it gave me the freedom to go explore. I wanted to be a web developer. Went, got a scholarship to Udacity Google Web Dev. After that program, I was like, mm, this is not for me. <laughs> 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 I don't want to do that. However, I, it let me know that, hey, I had the wherewithal to stick with something, get a scholarship, and then be able to get another scholarship to go to the next level. You know, right. that I was able to grasp a working knowledge of it. And it just helped me along as as a a person in operations to be able to describe things that I needed from people and what I needed them to do. And in terms that they understood, because you can have different people across the board and they're all speaking a different language. And so it helped me with clients. And then finally I was like, okay, well, I want to go, I want to go and get a tech job. And and I ended up working for Hotel Tonight for like two years and I wanted to have a startup. So it, it enabled me to make these little goals and, and, and hit these goals and then also help build a great community of women that were like myself. And even though we're a women-centric organization, like 50% are guys. So, but it, it helped us foster these, um, these relationships with people that were looking for things that that we had went through, especially me having a career for so long and then pivoting 
I'm in my forties. So it was just like, a lot of people don't think tech is obtainable in their forties. And then, you know, people that are been in tech for years, it's just like, where do we want to go? We feel stuck. We feel stagnant and letting them know, you know, Hey, have you ever thought about a leadership position without losing your technical skills and how to, you know, help people bring some people up behind you. So it was just, it was exciting. Long story short, to find out all the possibilities that you can you can have in this wide open terrain on many different industries, because again, tech is in all things. I love that you're training from those basic elements, and Noah and I both in management. One of the things we've both talked about is I can teach you the technical skills, but I can't teach you what your mom was supposed to teach you: work right. ethic, drive, <laughs> and that is what you all embody and then you're sharing that with others. And it's so important because that's a personal thing where people have to decide to do what right. you both right. did naturally, which is, Hey, I want, I'm going to go out and pursue this thing. I'm going to pivot and I'm going to learn it. And I'm not going to let anybody tell me I can't. Right. And that's, what's amazing. I think. Yeah. And I think the other part of that too, is if you, if we go all the way back, there's a, a level of just not knowing. A lot of people don't know, like, hey, one, what Linux is and what it touches. So there's embedded Linux, there's Internet of Things, there's cars, there's like uh, the embedded Linux uh, is super huge right now. And I've been really trying to focus a lot of people towards that, you know, like the Toyota Camry. I think it was the 2018 Toyota Camry, the BMW, the latest BMW. They're all Linux based in, yep. inside of their inside of the entertainment center. So, you know, but again, that's uh, in, including Jaguar as well, too. And But that's, you know, that's just the realm we're in. Just like Linux touches so many different things on so many levels. If you buy a boat, the controllers in the boat are mostly embedded Linux. There are some windows, but mostly they're embedded Linux. But, you know, when now we start talking about programming, like what is kernel programming? What is programming in, in C or in Go, like those things still exist. People are still looking for uh, that, that genre and those specialized fields. I mean, they're paying a lot of money. And so, you know, when we're telling people go into tech, I, I just really try to tell them from a 360 view of what, what you can go into. And I'm just going to expose you to it, but it's really on you to find what drives you. I can't find that drive for you. You have to find that drive for yourself. But I just want you to know that, hey, this is over here and this is over here and that's over here. And people are like, oh, I'm, I'm feeling overwhelmed. It's not saying go learn them. It's just saying go try it. Yep. Find yep. your tool. And we always say that tech is like a pie. And of course, the big companies, they're going to push for programmers, you know, they're going to push for entrepreneurs and salespeople. And so that's all that people think that are out there, because with their limited resources or their devices, that's all that they see, like, go to boot camp, do all this, but it's only a sliver of this huge pie. And any interest that you have, I mean, may it be fishing or automotive or robotics, space, like there is technology wrapped around all of those things, creatives. And I just, you know, I don't want people to get stuck to say they have to be like some super human brainiac to be able to 
have a career in tech. It's just like any other company that you can work for a technical company and be an accountant. (laughs) You know, like there is, is, it's so many things that you can do. And that was, you know, one of the things for me that, and that I try to share with everybody is that, you know, you're going to stumble, you're going to fall. You're not going to get everything in a day. It takes one step at a time. And you can also get sidetracked with all the new technology that is coming out. And it's just like, find a lane, stick in the lane. And with so many free avenues to learn, if you don't like it, go do something else. Yep. Like, don't spend your time being miserable trying to learn something that you are just not getting. Yeah, that's true. Unless your job is paying for it. And- Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> One little caveat. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yeah if they're gonna if they're gonna pay you to learn it, whatever. Yeah, then you better learn it. You know. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to go back to something you said. It was interesting. Uh, you you know you said that the women in Linux is eccentric to women, of course, and that you also said it was fifty percent guys are involved. And uh, that that was something that people might be curious about in terms of like our audience, because if you if you go to the website, you can you'll notice that there's no like a political agenda or anything that's associated to it. It's just more of an organization meant to help. Or in, in my in my opinion, it feels like it's an organization meant to help those that might normally be mm-hmm. uh, not exposed to the tech industry as a career path. And you're trying to uh, allow them to be more exposed to that more easily. Is that a fair observation? And if, if either way, like, how would you describe the mission that Women Linux has? Yes, I think that is a, a fair assessment. We just happen to be women. And at, at the time, it's just we wanted to bring more women together because, I mean, you guys are in tech as well. You sit in the room and the ratio of women to men are like very, very minute. However, as an organization, we are very like no nonsense. We tell you from the gate, you know, put your big girl panties on because tech industry is not all roses. We are going to come and give you the, uh, the real on what's going on and how to survive it. It's going to be one of those things where you're not going to work with all women. And the other piece of that, like she said, you're not going to work with all women and you're not going to, it's very rare that I get interviewed by a woman. And even the women who are uh, in the industry and been in it for a long time, they're like, man, hey, how are you doing? I'm just glad to see another woman. You know, like, you know, it's, it's one of those occurrences. So I try to tell people, you have to learn how to work together. And what what that actually means, you have to communicate with each other. You, you know, I can only tell you from my perspective and my experiences of how to to work with a difficult co-worker that may be a male or not. But then somebody, this man over here could give you their experience. This woman over here can give you their experience. This transgender over here can give you their experience. It's all experiences, right? But they're meant to be shared. They're meant to be uh, explored and they're meant to be told. Like, so, you you know, you have to you know, filter, of course, I'm not saying all advice is good advice. That's just not what I'm saying, but it's, it's an experience and you could take whatever you want to out of that and go from there. Talk a little bit about what you have seen over the years, as far as um, your ability to, to go into these have male dominated groups. And how has that changed over the years? Over the years, what I find is there, there's still, it, it depends where we're going. 
So you'll find some that are like really, really welcoming. And then you'll find some that are like, I'm so sick of hearing about women in tech. If women want to be in tech, they would just do it. And I get that part. The other part I, I, I always say is, well, what if you don't know it exists? You know what I mean? Like, and, and I think that just from a man or a woman or whatever, or a child, whatever, if you don't know it exists, you don't know that you can go down that path. So what I try to do and tell people is like, just receive information. And my experience that I've had, it's been 50-50. I get some men that are super welcoming. And then I get some men that are like, yeah, you're here. So what? big deal. We don't really care. Have you ever got anybody that's that's actively dismissive or actively Oh, um, all the time. Oh, really? all the time. Oh, 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 all the time. I, Does but that still I love Yeah, but I love those moments. I live for those moments. <laughs> you know that? what I mean? I I live for those moments because it gives it get it lets me know that what I'm doing, I still need more. I still need to do more work, but it also lets me know that oh, okay, if you're in a position of power there and you're acting this way with me, that means there's probably more people in position of power just like you. So we won't, we won't steer people to that company. You know what I mean? So I'm one of the people, show me your cards. Show me, show me who you are. Don't let me come work for you and then show me now mad because you're tricked. (laughs) So if if you don't mind, if we can just dig into that a little bit, talk about what that situation looks like. Cause it it sounds like you have a, have a really interesting approach to this. You look at it more as an opportunity to re-educate rather than just, how does that work? I I look at it as an opportunity to learn, right? Then that's it. Just re-educate is looking for signs, looking for, uh, how welcoming a person or a group of people are to you. And don't get it twisted. It's, it's not just men, it's women too that are not welcoming either. So you have I to. Call them double agents. Yeah, you have to be. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? You have to. You have, and, and you could, people could take this with a grain of salt if you want to or not. You could say, oh, that's just not really how you should do people. I'm going to talk to a person and I can tell within probably like a minute or so if that person is a welcoming person or not you just know yeah. you just you know what i'm saying you just you i think over time you you master this but you 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 could tell like like you know if you're talking to you're like hey how you doing i'm southern we're always going to say hey we're always going to say how you doing that's just what it is but you know you're in trouble when you hear the bless your heart that's yeah. You know you're being stupid. <laughs> yeah. Oh, bless his heart. You know, okay. So, you know, it, no, you, this is when you know you're in trouble. Well, all right, then you have a good day. All right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> My heart just jumped. I felt like I was in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it, it's it's interesting. It sounds like you take a more of a of a almost a I guess if I can say this, a, almost like a gender neutral approach of just hey, if you're a decent human being, we will be decent human beings back to you, and we I will mean, support I you. If you're not change. a decent human being, then we just don't want anything to do with but you. It, 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 it's I, I can't I think everything you. is 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 like person specific. I mean, we were leaving a conference in Amsterdam, and a great group of guys. They were jolly on their way back to Denmark. Or wherever the place was going to take them. And they were like super great, super friendly, but then they start talking and it was just like, yeah, the conference, they got a lot of beautiful women to speak. And I was just like, huh. you know, and it was one of those situations where it was a re-education. And I was just like, well, 
she was the CEO of Puppet Labs. I'm like, I think, you know, based on, you know, the sponsorship package, if the CEO was a guy, he would have spoke. But it just so happened to be a woman. And it was, you know, it's still those type of things where men in some situations, you're just, and this is totally different country. It's, it's interesting to be a fly on the wall to know where we still at in certain places. Like he totally dismissed the fact that she was the CEO. It was a CEO. There was a CIO. There was some other, you know, just some really some top notch C level executives that just, just happened to be not bad looking. And I was just like, man. And he felt like it was sabotage. Like they sabotaged him to say, Ooh, buy my stuff because I'm, attractive you know right. and he was just like you know he was like okay yeah and then you have some women that are I think sometimes try to make it harder for you because they've been beat up so bad in the industry it's just like the a-hole has rubbed off on them sure because that's what they feel that that's their mask that they have to go in every door with so they don't know the discernment of like man I don't even have to box right now you know, I don't have to box you. We're just having a conversation. And then you get some people that some people, men or women, they're just like, oh, my God, I'm just I'm so happy just to be in a space where I'm just I'm OK. I can be me. It's not all these expectations. We can have a conversation. I don't feel judged. Right. You know, I, I you know, we can have our beers and sit and talk and just be, have a free conversation where it's just open dialogue because we are there to learn each other. And then I think sometimes so many things are taken out of context in 2020. And, yeah. you know, some things you just are, is not okay. But when you are asking a genuine question and you're, and you have a sincerity, people can feel that when you're just being yep. a jerk or yep. when you're being sincere or you really don't know, because again, like Tamika said, it comes down to exposure. You don't know what you don't know. Sure. Well, I think there's so many organizations, just to be honest here, that ruin the idea of just, we just want inclusion. We just want to bring more people, different people in, but they mm -hmm. take it so far that when anybody hears there's an organization for such and such group, they oh gosh, here we go again. We're going to get talked down to and given a lecture on how terrible everybody else you know is. But that's what I really loved about your website and your mission and your talks and all of that is you still hit the important topics. You're still talking about the issues we need to overcome, but without making people feel like they're dirt because those issues exist. Well, and right. you know, you notice Ryan too, everything that, that both of you are saying, you know, what I, what I hear is we want to be included because we have technical expertise to offer. And I think where the messaging gets a, a splits and, and kind of to talk, to speak on what Ryan is talking about is when you have a group of, of people that say something like, I want to be included because of my gender, not regardless of my gender. And I think that's where, that's where you start to see people really start to disconnect. And, and then that's where 
you know, cordial attitudes and stuff like that really go out the window. And I, and, and, and from, from everything I'm hearing from, from what both of you are saying, you guys have the exact opposite approach. You're coming in and saying, Hey, listen, just, just treat us decently. We'll treat you decently. And I don't want to talk about the fact of my gender. I want to talk about the fact that there are, that we have, that there are a lot of people that have technical expertise and they have something to share. And if they happen to be a female, great. If they have to be a good looking female, great. But when they're up on stage and when they're talking, when they're presenting, pay attention to what they're saying, learn from it, ask questions, engage. Don't mm-hmm. stop at just, oh, that's what gender they are. Right. And right. I think a, a lot of times, just in tech in general, the message gets immediately uh, skewed because it's so male dominated that when a woman gets up to talk, it's automatically like, uh oh. If, she, if, she, if she's not known in the industry, they're, 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 they're like, you know, people kind of lean back. And then once she starts talking and it's really technical, you know, they're like, oh, well, okay. She, there you, know, you go. Uh, no, she's she's all right. You know, yeah. instead of just, <laughs> she's instead part of the just, club. Yeah, yeah. Instead of just saying, like, well, let me see what she's talking about. You know, just like, okay, she's that's what she's talking about. Okay, cool. That's what it is. And I've had women come up to me after you know after even after a keynote and they're like i'm so glad you didn't get up there and talk about diversity you were actually talking technical and i was like in my head i was like well did you read what i was going to talk about in the first place right you know what i mean if you would have read what i was going to talk about in the first place you would have known that it was technical right they just show up to the keynote yeah yes and so you know i I always take the uh, uh, approach of, yes, we are women. Yes, we do Linux. What do you do? <laughs> you know, what do you do? Are you here to talk about how we can do, uh, get more people involved in the various realms of Linux or, and, and jobs and whatnot in tech? Or are you here to talk about your organization doesn't represent women well and here's what you need to do with your messaging? Because my message is, does that get me paid? Because these people got to get paid. They need to eat. They got, they got people to feed. They got places to go. Right. So if, you, if we're not talking about that, if we're not talking about how we're going to progress careers, if we're not talking about how we're going to make money, if we're not talking about how we're going to keep people employed and keep them in the field, I, I don't I don't know. It, but there's a you know, the other flip side of that is the people that you're going to work for have to want to keep you there, too. Right. So there's there's a flip side to that, you know, like what are the employers actually doing in the companies to help you maintain that? And then what are you doing for self-care as well, too, too, so you can keep going forward? So it's, it's a it's a balance, but it's 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 something that needs to be talked about. So you gave a talk at OSCON. And one of the things that really stuck out to me was that you said there's issues in education and the way we're learning things. Mm-hmm. And I have felt this for so long. So <laughs> I, I really want to hear you expand on why do you think education, education is falling short? Uh, several reasons, right? I, <laughs> so I give you this and then I'll go into it. I was actually at a, at a conference, uh, was it PTAC, uh, Dion, well, for, for government contracting? And um, I actually asked the question was, when are you going to stop making the requirements for people to get a job in as far as working in government? When are you going to stop having the requirement for uh, having a degree? Because the jobs that you're looking to hire people for are not even taught in school. No one is teaching Terraform in, in school 
right now, right. unless they go to a community college. No one is teaching you about how to set up a, a multi-cloud strategy as an architect. That's not being taught in college, and we need those people now. So when are we going to change how we deliver information? So the talk was about diversity in education. There are multiple ways. One one thing that I noticed was um, in Georgia, uh, the community colleges now are pretty much data science data data science driven. So you can go to a community college there and then get uh, and get a scholarship, and then two years um, on two year scholarship, and then go over to a four year college and get a degree. That's part of the curriculum where you spend two years at a community college and possibly work and go get a degree. People need money. People need to eat. You know, like, how can I work and eat and make money and be in tech? Well, that's one avenue. One of the bigger things that are coming out now are people are doing apprenticeships program. So Home Depot has an apprenticeship program where you can work at Home Depot. And if you want to go and start working on the tech side of Home Depot, you can do that as well, too. They're recruiting you to come in and they're sending you to a, through an apprenticeship program so that you can work. Because guess what? We need more tech workers. That's just what we need. Right. Why don't we have these things set up where people can say, okay, well, you know what, let's, let's go and learn this, this small subset of tech. And that's what the whole nano degree and Udacity was for, but it's from a programming perspective or an AI perspective or a machine learning perspective. When we start talking about infrastructure, it's not really there. We got Linux Academy now and a cloud guru and cloud Academy. We have those things now, but I mean, they just sparked up within the past five or six years. You know, they haven't been around the last 10 or 15 years. Yeah, you know, we definitely that, need some hands on. It yeah, we need some hands on. Yeah, we need hands on. We need. And I don't want to I don't want these boot camps that are forty thousand right. dollars. You know, you know, you spend 20 here, then 20 on the back end to get it's people anti open source. When people you, you got the digital divide going on right in your education system so heavily, like who can afford that if you're trying to get in, break into a career? I mean, I think we saw it, you know, with this pandemic, right? Yeah. We saw it with this pandemic. We saw where, where children didn't have internet access. We saw where people didn't have a computer at home. We saw where people didn't have the same access across just in the school itself. You know, and let's just not even say in the school. Let's just say in the classroom. So now how do we how do we get these people equipped? Those same children need to be equipped just like the parents need to be equipped, right? So how do we how do we as these big companies, small companies, one-offs, whatever. How do we do that? So that's why I'm a really big proponent on diversity in education because there's so much to tech that that we can get exposed to that we just don't we just don't do a good job of it. Has it gotten better? Sure, but we need to speed things up. You know, like I look at places like um, it's a bad example, but China. India, they had, and even I think it may be Iran or Iraq, they have a specific agenda. Like, we are going to focus on cybersecurity. We're going to focus on data and data science and machine learning. We're going to focus strictly on AI. And when you go into these different companies and you start looking at who's who's getting hired to do what, you, when you run into them, they're like, yeah, I'm from India and we do data science. We and they're know. getting advanced degree courses in high school. Yep. So yep. they're coming out with a certain subset of skills already that we're not getting. 
And again, for me, going into tech, it was just like, okay, how do I get a, a, a job without starting back at the bottom? And I had to basically start back at the bottom, but that particular company had other things on my list that I was willing to check off and bypass because I was doing other some other things on top of that. So, but at the end of the day, if you don't, it's like any language, you, you lose it, you don't use it, you lose it. And so you, it, it doesn't make sense to go into these boot camps and you're not getting a job as you're working or a project and going to, you know, some open source conferences. That was the big thing. Like, how do you make an open source project more welcoming? You know, when you are committing and, and trying to communicate with people that don't want to communicate back. And so it's just like, where do you, where do you go from there? And it can be so discouraging. So with women in Linux, what we did, one of our projects where we had a group project where we built a data center. We were broken off in different groups and we just, and she was just like, build a data center and it's for a small business and it's 1500 square feet. And we were like, uh, and I'm the client and we're like, oh, this is going to be tough, you know, that type of stuff. And we give um, people an opportunity to, you know, if you want to speak at a conference, go ahead and put a talk together and on a Wednesday, come and do your talk. Let us be that, that, that ground for you to say, you know what, your safe space. To, to get your jitters out. Let's go and dissect this. You know, we had virtual conference. A lot of our stuff was virtual because we wanted to reach more people. And if it's technology, why shouldn't it be virtual? I love your training on so many different levels, because even if you have the tech knowledge, being in the tech industry myself, one of the hardest things for me to find is people who actually have social skills plus <laughs> tech knowledge, yep. because they either have one or the other generally like they're so geeky but i can't ever put them in front of an executive to talk about what we're doing because they're so boring or have no social skills at all and you kind of need that both and what you're doing by giving them presentation skills Mm -hmm. you're giving them technical skills you're teaching them how to learn you're hitting it from all fronts and that's something you rarely see in our education system our education system is failed miserably, let alone you add in the digital divide into this. As you mentioned, we Mm -hmm. have 11 million people, by the way, not some third world country here in the United States that have no access to internet at all. Those are potential boys and girls that will be build the next big thing, the next big technology that can't even get on the internet. We got a lot of problems to solve. Well, you think the donations will be pouring in, but that's (laughs) how you know when you're on the cusp of something great because, you know, education is big business. And I mean, we've literally had an investor to say, if you turn women in Linux to a for-profit company, we'll fund you because education is big business, but it is such a lack of, you know, real world education out there. You know, I've been to the Udacities and I'm just like, yeah, they say that this module is 15 minutes, but they give you six hours worth of links to go read on your own time. Like... (laughs) How am I supposed to finish this in three hours? Like, this is not a three-hour class. Not at all. You know, and just basic research skills. You know, you can post, you know, everybody's in all type of slacks. But, I mean, they ask so many questions and people just don't know how to just research something and read it. Maybe we come from the, you know, the decade where you got to go to the library and pull the card and, you know, look for the book on the shelf. But I'm like, there's so much information at yeah. your fingertips. Like, come on now. 
And I want to highlight one thing that Dee just said is um, one thing I try to teach people is how to research. I don't care what job you're in in tech. If you don't know how to take that error and or maybe scroll up and see where the error actually started so you can go research what the problem is, that'll save you so much time on, you know, understanding stuff. Like, you know, like how to research stuff, how to actually take your time, like, and have patience with yourself to go out and say, okay, well, here are the errors that I found. Let's understand where this error actually is. So this goes back into understanding the OSI model. You know, is this a networking error? Is this just, is this a human error? (laughs) Is this, did did, uh, did somebody do a a new build and I'm, I'm working with the Alpha release versus the general available release? Like, what is the actual, what's my actual error and how do I research the error? Era and then how do I take what I found and make documentation out of it? Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. That's a very good point. And also something if if anybody's watching the video might have saw me randomly laugh at something. I was looking at the patrons chat and they said something that was I think it was quite interesting to bring up. It says, see, sometimes there is good for information in manuals, Ryan. That's fake news. <laughs> There's no such thing as good info in manuals. You gotta learn it through. <laughs> yeah. By the way, if you all didn't know, I'm very famous. Uh, Martin Wimpress put me inside their release notes for Ubuntu Mate. Um, oh snap! Yeah, he put me in there saying, uh, "Please read the manual, unlike Ryan." So if you see that line, <laughs> that, that's me. That's me being famous. That's me telling Tamika like she'll ask me like. A million and one questions about something. And I was like, did you read the manual? And she was like, no, I'm an engineer. And I'm like, okay, yes. we, don't, we, don't we don't read, read those manuals. We don't read those. Do it on our own. Stop. <laughs> uh, and that's um, with anything. Like, if you did not read the manual, do not ask me a question. Because I am going to read the manual to get it to work. This part right here looks like this part. Like, huh. That looks like, and then you have like that. There you go. And it is. <laughs> and you sit on it. And yeah. Oh, we need that. And then you, you like you look like the little stool back there. Just <laughs> 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 I love it. You worked in the stool. You're now my favorite. <laughs> So, Tamika, in an interview that you did with IT Pro TV, you mentioned at the time, this was like 2018, that in 19 years of working in the business of tech, of tech uh, you've only worked with three three women in the Linux world and not mm-hmm. any women of color. With the open source and the ability for anyone to get involved, it seems like this should be an area that is exploding with the opportunities and diversity because of like that it's so available to as many people as as they want to. Is there any any insight that you have that you experience from, you know, just your your work career that's why this is not occurring? So part of it is understanding what open source project to work on and what is that open source project, you know, how to get into it to work. So I I I give kudos to uh, places like the Linux Foundation and O'Reilly with their conferences on how to get into open source. But the other part of that is that's just the open source part, right? That's not that's not me getting a paycheck in some cases, right? So when it's time to get the paycheck, I, when I go to look around, there's normally not any women or if 
if there was a woman there, she's moved on, doesn't like the position anymore or the company or whatever the case may be. I, I get a lot of people that want to make strides to fix that. I go all the way back and say that still comes with the diversity in education is where that lies at. That's that's generally the problem in saying like, hey, if you're going to come work on this open source project, here's a set of tools and here's a set of things that you should, you know, try to learn. And by the way, uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a loner, so I prefer to learn by myself, but not everybody uh, can learn that. I tell people all the time, you need to understand how you learn. Do you learn better by being in a group? Do you learn better by reading something? Do you learn better by hands-on? Do you learn better by one-on-one? You have to understand how you learn, and that kind of guides you towards what projects and open source that are available to you, and also guides you towards what kind of jobs that you may encounter or like or want to work at, you know, because some people are like, hey, we do everything in a group. And some people are like, I don't care about your group. I don't want to do that at all. So it depends. So I, for me, working and doing open source and and getting those numbers up, I, there's some education that has to be done on understanding how you learn, understanding what projects are out there available, and understanding how those groups work. So and I, I pay that forward too. If you look at the statistics that are out, you have more women graduating from college today than you have men. Mm-hmm. But the interesting thing here is you're not seeing as many women in tech right. as you are men. So right. it's it, it goes back when you talk about diversity in education, you're specifically really talking about what these institutions are actually teaching, right. skills they're giving when you're leaving, and what they're encouraging them to right. take as far as a major in things. Because yeah. you would think just looking at statistics, we would be, be fine. Yeah. We have balance. Yeah, I mean, you can break down uh, computer science degrees. I mean, I just I think I've probably seen in the past three or four years where people are exposing college students to AWS or uh, GCP, Google Cloud or Azure. That's just in in the recent times as part of their curriculum. Right. And now I think Amazon is 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 getting on board and actually trying to teach at a have that as a college level course those those skills and so forth and so on however the other flip side of that is if your school doesn't have that right if your school doesn't have that connection to amazon or your school doesn't have that connection to google cloud or oracle or what have you you still miss out and you know your computer science degree or your computer engineering degree my degree was computer engineering i knew more i had a full time job working doing Linux administrator, as a Linux administrator, uh, doing high-performance computing before I graduated from college. I I was teaching my Linux classes to my instructor and to the students (laughs) in my class when we were in class. I'm like, no, this, like, you know, everybody did the same thing. They created an image and then they bootstrapped the image and so forth and so on. I'm like, this image is not right. These partitions are not right. This is not it. You don't have these things installed. We need a repo. They're like, what are you talking about? The people who were working there that were managing the Linux boxes didn't even know what I was talking about. 
And I was just like, I don't understand how y'all got this. So I was like, okay, look, I'm going to build this and then I'm going to give y'all these VMs and you put these on your boxes and then you use these and we'll get through this class. So, <laughs> you know, like, you like became the teacher of the class before you I became the class. teacher of the, of, of the, of the class, not because I wanted to be the teacher. It's because what you're talking about and what you're doing doesn't make sense. Yep. We're not going to get through it this way. And this is how it should be done. And here's what you can utilize in your syllabus for next quarter. Ta-da. <laughs> and then a lot of women that are going into tech, um, a lot of times when they're interviewing for positions, and I've seen this happen to Tamika, where they kind of swipe their technical rug from under you and put you in a more, um, what do they call that? What's that position? That advocate? An developer, advocate? De- developer's advocate. A Which developer's advocate. But I mean, it's basically, to me, it's like a hyped up customer service position. You know, right. where you're going and you're talking about it and asking a whole bunch of technical questions or, you know, they are, you know, on the marketing team or, you know, those other positions that are not so technical They or you want to do project management. And I don't know if it's our, you know, our organizational skills that get us, you know, lumped off into that. But it's also up to us to say, we want to be technical or we want to go try a technical position. And if somebody is seeing that, you know, to be an advocate, to speak up and say, why are we placing this? Why are we pushing a person out of a technical position? You know, why, what made us do that? Why can't we go hire somebody that wants to be a developer's advocate? Why are we trying to morph a person into something they're they're not going to You're be? You're saying they're they're basically putting a job out there for one thing, but then when they give it to you, it's something it's something totally different. It's the mm-hmm. bait and switch, and it it happens all the time. And you know, in small companies, you get the luxury of doing a whole lot of stuff, and it keeps you fresh. You know, a lot of people can. Not everybody can thrive in a small company because they're like, this is way too much to do. I thrive in a small company. Tamika thrives in a small company. A big company, this is what we're doing. And we're just, you know, going in there, punching the machine every day, <laughs> all day. You know, you like it. You can move up, move out, but you get bored. And then you don't work on your skills. Or even you, you may have the time to go work on an open source project or something like that. But I mean, at the end of the day, like you said, women are graduating and I know sometimes it's just the environment is not welcoming when and I've been in situations that had not been in tech, whether it was in real estate and construction, when your boss is you're bringing them new ideas, fresh ideas, and it's on the path of what you were talking about. And they're steadily like swiping it down like, no, right. no. And then afterwards, you're just like, well, why am I here? Right. What is the purpose? Like, this is exhausting. Going forward, what can what are some of the things that we can all do to make sure that the community is welcoming to people that want to that want to participate? I think exposure to what is is out there to participate in. And I, I keep harping on this, but it's so important because like does anybody know how to be a sound engineer for say a car, the chimes that go off in your car? Like when you open up your door, that's a job. Now tell me, how do you become that chime engineer right now? What, <laughs> no what college degree never is even that? About that? Exactly. Right. Exactly. Like what college degree is that? For Musical you to, door engineer. 
<laughs> well, again, My, this again. is something that Michael has has aspired after for many years. That's yeah, of course, <laughs> right? But I mean, it's it's just those things about like what's available, and then create like I wanted to create a, a actual. I call it like the virtual assistant for tech for people who are in whatever kindergarten all the way up to adults and say okay well look these are the all the multiple things that you can do in tech and then here are the paths in order to get there here is a here's a group that you can go be a part of here is a here's a podcast to follow here is a actual blueprint of that could change but here's a blueprint of what that feel looks like and then do interviews with people like on what that could be and so that way when you go to make a delivery to a student or someone who wants to get into tech you have a foundation of where to start right you can you know ask questions and then kind of direct that person to possible career paths with information and people that you can reach out and touch to do that that needs to happen that's kind of like where we're at i've seen similar things to that i haven't seen anything fully develop around that because i think it's just one of those things that's just going to be ever evolving but that deals with ai and machine learning on the back end of that and learning people personalities and culture differences and so forth for things that are, are going to kind of drive something, a tool like that. But that's, to me, that's what has to happen where we have to say, we have to be vulnerable and say, what are the career paths? And here are your available options and here's available training. And people actually show up for training on both ends, the people that need to be trained and the people that are, that are going to be trained, that, that are going to do the training. People have to show up. I find like a lot of people just don't show up you know, they're like, well, mm, whatever. And then they just don't show up and then they complain about it and still don't show up. So I think it's twofold on that. And also, so I think it's, it's about cross pollinating groups. Like I find that for us over the years, we've spoken to so many different types of groups. Like we were at Tamp Tampa Hackerspace and they were doing something with NASA and we were invited and we got to talk about Linux and what to do in the age ranges were like from 60 to like six, you know, or, you know, you go to, we went to a library conference and LibConf in Plant City and went and spoke there and, and set up a booth. We, you know, spoke at St. Pete College at the STEM festival and just where you're available to people to ask questions because again, it's about exposure. And so if you don't, if you feel like if people want to come learn about Linux, they'll find a Linux group. Well, again, if they don't know about Linux, how are they going to find you? Why are you on the radar for somebody that absolutely doesn't know? You know, we go talk to colleges, you know, different incubators and cohorts and community organizations. We're always, you know, showing up and, and showing our wares and say, this is what we do and this is why. And making it a, 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 a obtainable for them and say, you know, this is where you can start. Just stop by, you know, stop by our meetup and the meetup is virtual. So it's just like you don't have to spend any gas it's just a little time and we're at the same place every week for the last you got no excuse <laughs> i don't know why the donations aren't pouring in <laughs> 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 
we've been pretty consistent, you know, yeah. over the past couple of years. But I think that helps as well, where people are just like, what is that? Or, you know, hearing people that are in tech, their definition of Linux or what they think Linux is, or, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of people really put technology in a whole nother realm that's not obtainable to them. Right. So you're kind of, you're, you're doing the, you know, putting yourself out there to, to allow them to ask questions in order to let them know that they have the opportunity to do so. We're so vulnerable, Michael. We're so vulnerable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And putting it out, putting it out there and then backing it up. Like we like to say, facts like okay so you are probably more interested in this and let me show you why i'm big on mind maps i haven't done one in a while but uh i'm big on giving people mind maps like here here's let, and let me show you how to make one you know here's a mind map let's start from the beginning and like let's plot out things that you say you're interested in and then let's let me show you how to research that and create your own guide of, of curriculum things that you can go explore and as you go and start exploring and finding out things you probably discover something that you like but you know you got to get started from uh, just a basic thought right you know like okay well how can i be how can i work on this satellite right how can i do embedded linux on a satellite or work on embedded linux at a power plant or how can i uh create uh use a raspberry pi to set up a kubernetes cluster you know just random things that are out there that are available but what's the significance of it right most people are like well i want to do that but why is the question what's the big picture what's your end result and let's break that break it down into modular little pieces so we can help you get to that end result. Love it. So going along that same line, there are those of us who run companies or are in a position to hire for technology jobs. What are some things we can do to attract more diverse applicants? We've all seen the studies. If you have a team that's diverse of opinions and lifestyles, mm -hmm. you're going to have so much more success and if you hire a bunch of like-minded people. So we all, most of us who are in those positions that take it seriously, know we want that, but you put, a, you put a job out there and every single person you get is along the same type mm -hmm. of individuals that we've been explaining. So how, how do we attract more diversity? For, well, for me, I can't really say how to attract per se, because I apply to everything. But uh, <laughs> but uh, it depends on where you're where you're posting at, right? So, are you posting on uh, women who code, black girls who code, women in Linux, ching, um, or <laughs> are you uh, are you po where are you posting at, right? Because and 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 this kind of goes back into some things that I talk about with with women as well. Most women probably don't know those jobs exist. Because they're probably on the on the on the edge of looking at, I can probably tell you, security, blockchain, and programming with Node.js and React or Ruby are are probably your main ones. But in, when you come on to the spectrum of, hey, I need you to understand how to use Ansible and Terraform and Console Vault or whatnot, that's not there. But it's not there because nine times out of ten, most people don't even know what to do with that. Like, what's what's going to be my end result? Mm -hmm. So, I I I say you have to go into different communities and post those jobs and be 
very cognizant. Um, I think uh, we did an interview with the CTO of Meetup, and she was like, she one of her things was like, I'm not gonna hire no one else until I get one woman on in in this particular position or on this particular team. She just made it a point to to, to do that. That's good and bad, right? It's good because she's making an effort. She's she's saying that is bad, but it's bad on this on the sense of maybe that team is struggling and they actually need to get their position filled. So there there may be a problem with with having that position open too long. But you have to do your due diligence to get that word out and to actually you know put your be vulnerable like us. Go dip your toe into organizations and be and be that ally as 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 much as you can, as much as they'll allow you to be to get that position filled how you feel like it should be filled, like that right person that comes along to do that. You can't sit back and say, "Okay, I just got the position open," and you know it's kind of you know like like they say, if you build it, they will come. Right. Well, you built it, they're not coming. So. <laughs> <laughs> do something different. So, so do something different. But, you know, and then it, it gets back into, like, if you use a recruiter, you can be very specific about the candidates you want. We want diverse candidates. We prefer women. You know, those type of things. And let them do the grunt work. But I think what has happened now that everybody is so sensitive is just, like, because you prefer one candidate, they think that you don't want anybody else. Like, I'm looking for a woman, but whoa, strike down all the men or all the other people of color. Like Twitter is a great avenue to say, this is what we're looking for and saying, hey, we got a position. We want this type of candidate. If you know somebody that's looking for that, this is what we're trying to do in order to fill our internal goals. And you and for me, I don't see a problem with that. Would you get a mad hater on the side that's going to start up a ruckus? Possibly, possibly not. But I sometimes I feel like it's okay to say what I need without doing like some covert operation to kind of go through all it's a, it, to go through all these resumes. It's a time waster because there's somebody out there looking for what you have or somebody that knows somebody that is looking for what you need. And then there might be somebody that's almost there. What can I do to skill that person up? Because some of these resumes are like you need five people for this job. Yeah. Like, come on now. You, oh, you talking about job descriptions? Yeah, yeah. job descriptions. Just like, yeah. come on now. You are stealing. I, and I want, I, want, I want this person to do five jobs and all for $5 an hour. Right. <clears throat> right. But like, you get those too. You get yeah. those. You get those, you know, recruiters that are in like India that are like virtually recruiting from somebody and you're just like, how much are you paying me? <laughs> right. How much are you paying me? Like, it's say what you want. Right. Don't, yeah. don't be afraid to say what you are looking for. That's on both and, sides. And, that's and a, what you're looking to bring onto your team. Oh. That's on both sides. That's on the recruiting side and as an owner. And that's also on, on the person who's looking for work. Yeah. Right. You have to you have to say exactly what you want. I have been in situations and I have actually talked to different men who won't go work on a team and unless it's a diverse team they just won't go do it they're like i'm making a mission of not to go work on those work on those work at that company because they don't have a diverse set of people on that team and that that diverse set of people are are just what it is 
It's a diverse set of people. That could be any gender, race, whatever the case may be. They just won't go do it. I, on the other hand, I'm like, well, in my background, I just don't ever see it. So <laughs> I'm just going to take the good with the bad and let the chips fall where they may because I don't ever see it. Is that bad to say? Have that attitude? Yes and no. Yes, it's bad because you just you want to see it. But it's also not bad because I'm like, hey more 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 room for me to play i like that you say it's a shared responsibility one of the best engineers i ever hired was from mcdonald's but their passion was insane Mm -hmm. and i told them all right in the first interview i had all these candidates had all the experience everything that they needed great personalities and i was like look i'm not gonna be able to hire you for this one but i want you to go back and learn this and when i have my next position open i want you to come back Now, 99% of the time, probably 99.9, people never come back. They get their feelings hurt. They do not come back for that second interview. This individual came back three or four months later, had learned everything I said, hired him on the spot. One of the best engineers I ever had. But that's the difference is that they had that drive, that push to go do what it takes. They didn't wear their feelings on their shoulders they went and kept doing and doing and doing until they met the goal. And I, so I think there definitely is a shared responsibility there. But you, you have know. to understand what you did too, right? So what you said was, okay, you came up, you came in the game, you didn't have these skills. I'm going to give you a blueprint to follow. I want you to follow that blueprint and then I want you to come back. You communicated what it was that that person was missing. That person reacted and said, okay, did I feel he is sincere enough. Because you because you can get some people that you don't feel sincere with, right? So there was a certain level of sincerity, and you said, okay, well, I'm going to go try it. I'm going to at least give this my best shot, and then I'll come back and see what he says. What's the worst that can happen? I go back, and he tell me no, but guess what? He gave me a blueprint to that I can actually follow. Nice. Yep. Right. So I, so, so I <laughs> might get something else. Mm-hmm. And that is what I'm talking about when I refer to diversity in education. You gave somebody another way to find out how I can get to my next level. That's what I'm talking about wow. is having that ability to say, hey, I know this job is this, but here's the blueprint on how to get there. And by the way, here's some tools to go along with that on help to help you achieve that goal. Love it. Just that simple. Yeah, that's a fantastic. I want to talk about a little more about the like the Women in Linux organization in general. What are some of the programs that you've participated in that you're the most proud of, like to being, to being a part of it? I sit on the program committee for O'Reilly and for uh, Lisa as well. And I can honestly say I'm proud of those of that because I get the chance to see how people actually critique and what they think about about what what you submit on on your talks. And when you go to these conferences, you're wondering, well, how did that person get a chance to speak at that at that talk or why was that talk chosen or what was on the what was in that person's abstract? that made you say that you want that person to come speak at that conference. And it gives me insight to say, okay, now I know how to put my talk together. I know what you're looking for. Now I can convey that to uh, another group of people, but take that one step further. I can now take that same skill set and go speak to clients at a, at a job, at a job site or 
my own company. I can go speak intelligently. I know how to put my abstract and what I want to, the message that I want to convey to those people. And so that, that I, I take that as not with a grain of salt, because I think public speaking is so important when it comes to tech in the sense of being able to, again, take the bit picture, break it down and explain it to somebody and have somebody really understand what you're saying, where they can regurgitate it back to you and you understand exactly what they're talking about. So I take pride in those two things as, as, as what we're able, it's where we're able to plant our toes. And plus we get a chance to go to cool conferences as well too. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, like going to Amsterdam, uh, we just went to France, uh, Lyon, France to, for, for, for a conference. So we get a chance to meet different people on different, you know, different planes where we get a chance to sit down and talk to CEOs of major companies that, I probably wouldn't have gotten a chance to talk to if we never tried to do anything. If we made that the one decision that day to not form the group and not do anything, I would probably be just sitting here like, oh, I'm going to learn this and oh, I'm going to learn that and be complacent with where I'm at. But we strive for so much more. Love it. Talk about some of the virtual meetups that you have, uh, that you have planned and, and what, that, what kind of information is disseminated in those meetings. Um, so recently, we've been doing uh, Terraform, getting people to understand the difference between uh, infrastructure as code, well, what it is, uh, what are pipelines using GitLab, um, how to, uh, I like to call it shifting security left versus having, don't worry about security later, worry about it up front, what problems it may may cause you, especially with something with SE Linux or doing STIGs. Well, what does that look like? Um, so we've been focused on uh, a lot of the hashy tools and, and incorporating GitLab. We do do some security with like maybe, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Claire uh, for scanning Docker containers a twist lock, those things, you know, where I'm trying to get, I, I'm literally taking what comes in my inbox every day. And people are calling me left and right for the, and I can give you the things they call me for Terraform, Ansible, uh, Puppet, automation for uh, anything automation for building out of infrastructure, understanding AWS or Google Cloud, Azure. Those are the things that I get called for every single day. And it's been going on for the past two years. And so we can get people sped up on those on, on, on those technologies and, and, and saying like, hey, look, understand this. I don't care what you do. Your foundation is going to be Linux. This is just where you're going to start. All right. I love that. Because because if you're going to if you're going to talk about you need to spin up a, some infrastructure and but you need to install Terraform. Well, nine times out of 10, you're probably going to be spinning something up uh, on a Linux box. There's some Windows desktops out there and applications and so forth. But majority of the stuff is is is. It's Linux based. So let us show you how to just use Linux as your foundation. And then we're going to shoot you off in this direction over here or over here, or over here. Let me expose you to you. And then you tell me what you like and then we'll go from there. But that's that's how our meetups flow. And I, I try to be consistent with it. You know, people get some people get caught up and say, uh, well, that was over my head. OK, I can't decipher what was over your head and not if you don't tell me. 
So you right. can't you can't just come to one or two and then not come back at all. Or right. silent when you ask for questions and they're just like crickets, yeah. crickets, because <laughs> nobody wants to speak up. But it's a learning environment. You know, it's an interactive meetup. You don't have to wait till she goes through the whole class before you can ask a question. That's just not how we're set up. We've never been set up that way. We wanted it to be a safe space where you actually learn in real time, in real time working knowledge about what employers are looking for. So, so how much does all this cost? It's free. Wait, what? Free. <laughs> so anybody can join and come learn these technologies that are cutting edge. Zero. And it's zero. That's zero. insane. I don't want to say it's free because we do have an expectation for you to give back. Sure. You know, so it, whatever you know, we want you to teach the class. So whether it's about the job that you do every day or you're telling, you know, colleagues or friends about the group, you know, or you're tweeting something, you know, everybody's expected to it's, it's reciprocity. You know, that's what you want people to give. You don't want anybody just come and take, take, take and not give back. That's that's not what we're there for. But I mean. That's one of the issues that women in Linux saw is that at the time, things were so expensive. And what do you do when you don't have any money in no direction? It, it. It's very, very hard to just be mm-hmm. out there swimming in the World Wide Web trying to find stuff to do or a place to start. Yeah, yep. very true. You're really doing the open source model in what you've done here. You're, you're not just saying it. You're walking the walk here of you know, we're making it available to everyone because clearly you could charge for this. Many mm-hmm. people hold meetings like this and charge for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're, why you're, aren't the donations? Just why aren't those donations swarming? <laughs> That's a good question. Let's see if we can fix that. After. Yeah, and, and, and the whole reason uh, behind that is I just want people to understand is we have how many unemployed people right now? Oh, millions. Right. Millions. 30 million, right? I think. But why, but why am I getting calls every day, three and four times a day for jobs? So if I can take what I'm doing and say, okay, look, I'm going to give you the basics and, you, and it's going to be tough. You're going to be mad. You're going to cry. You're going to throw your desktop. You're going to throw your laptop. I'm with you. I've been it's there. I know easy. it's not easy. It's I'm not, not easy. Oh, by God, my, no, I'm not saying that. What I am saying is just give me some time to work with you to get you over that hump and let's get you employed and working in the field. And then after that, if I can get you working in the field, you can go off and do whatever you want to. But I just want you to get started in it. And I just don't think that's a hard thing to ask. I think the hard thing to ask of people is their time and how much effort that you're putting into it. You got to see the reward in the in the end. And you got to know that is a reward in the end, because if you're if you're not working right now or you're working somewhere and it's a dead end, then what are you going to do to change it? Right. You got to be that change. So a lot of us are fathers and we want our daughters to grow up to be Tamika and Dee. How do (laughs) we instill that at an early age into our daughters? Um, I don't want to say stop treating your daughters like daughters, but give them 
play with them like boys a little bit, you know, introduce them to the cool games, the the geeky things that you guys like to play as boys. Um, instead of getting investing in dolls, get the, the erector set. You know, get the Legos, get the blocks, start, you know, instead of going to Disney and doing the princess stuff, go over there with the Transformers and, you know, showing kids that these things are attainable, how to build things, you know, because that's all it's about. When I mean, growing up with me, I love Legos, you know, I love chemistry, introducing your daughters to things that are not necessarily deemed as girly and see what sticks. And, 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 Exposing them to different things, you know, that you think are is is pretty cool. But hey, you might want to, you know, wear your princess crown when you're going to, you know, Barbie Tech Dream College. <laughs> you know, those type of things. I think that parents don't do. I don't want to just blame them on dads. I think just parents just kind of fall into girls are supposed to be pretty and pink and boys are supposed to be rough and tumble. But one thing that I appreciated about my dad is that, you know, he bought me everything that my cousin who was a boy had. I had a big wheel and I had, you know, I had a BMX bike and I was able to play with Legos and get dirty and scrape up my knee and learn how to drive and do those things where I didn't feel like I had to be dainty and prissy and it was okay to get dirty because a lot of these these industries you have to have a thick skin in order to survive it because you know if you 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 can't dance around facts sometimes you know you just have to tell it like it is and i think that is the biggest thing is to start introducing them early to different technologies that are their age level and see how they take to it and keep throwing it at them you know, a little bit by a little bit, they're not going to get it overnight. But luckily now for kids, technology is so accessible, you know, everything's at their phone, you know, fun games and things of that nature. But for it's always going to be about the hands on. I love that. That's great advice. Yep. And I would also uh, probably start with, again, like she said, the Legos, but also taking them to competitions. Right. So there's like robot wars. There's the totally awesome. wars. There's, you know, the cosplay, you know, let's build a costume. Let's go over here. Like, hey, daddy wants to, you know, daddy's got to build a new engine in the car. And so we, you come in with me and I'm going to show you these different parts and then have quizzes. You know what I mean? Make a quiz on what those parts are. You know, like, and then so when she gets older, she's like, "Oh, I remember that sound. That mu- that must. You know what? That sounds like a bad engine, and it's it's this particular part. I remember when I was a kid with my dad. You know, that goes back in yeah. into oh. that. But yeah, so you, so you know, you that'd be nice for me too. And I was growing up, learning, learning anything <laughs> yeah. about what an engine is. <laughs> I don't know. Right. Yeah, and change a tire. And the reason why I say that is is because my mom, I used to go to the car wash with my mom and she would be like, you know, you got to wash the car like this and you need to clean the tires like this. And she she would literally she was like, let me go over here and I got to check my oil. Come over here. Let me show you how to check the oil in the car. And look, this thing is running hot. I know what that is. And she was like, get the manual out. Oh, turn to this page. You Okay, yep, that's what they say it is. That's what it, I think it is. So when she would go to, by the time she would get to the mechanic, she was like, look, it's doing this, it's doing this, and I think it's this. You need to check that. 
come back and then to when me. The mecha- when the mechanic tells her something that doesn't make any sense, she called him out on it. No, that's yeah. not I know. Yeah, yeah. You know, so you had that knowledge, but that's how, you know, I got exposure. So I like cars. So my thing is I like cars. So for me, when I when I'm in a car, I'm like, mm, this don't feel right. This ain't this, this, mm, this is bad. This display. I'm I'm all in it. I'm all in. So by the by the time the person who's trying to sell me the car gets done talking to me, they're like, Oh, I didn't know you was gonna know that much about this car. I'm like, Yeah, stop trying to sell it to me like I'm a girl. <laughs> <laughs> Next time I go car shopping, I know who I'm bringing along because I don't have that car knowledge. <laughs> Please take her. <laughs> in every car in the Tampa Bay area. And it's just like, why don't you have a car, Dion? There's nothing I want. <laughs> There's nothing I want. I'm going to walk. So let's go back to sort of like the, the, the conferences stuff and then like the meetups and stuff that you're doing. And, uh, you, you know, you do you hold a lot of conferences or participate in a lot of conferences in these meetups and to help inspire women to pursue technology. But uh, are there any misconceptions or fears that you experience from the people who are in those meetups like that express to you and uh, like what do you think is the most common that they express? I don't have anything to say and nobody's going to listen to me. Fear. Uh, everybody has something to say. Everybody has a a story to tell, right? The one thing I, I can honestly say from reading the abstracts and so forth is it's how you tell your story. You have to be convincing enough. If if you if you can't convince your mom of this or somebody else, like when you're submitting these talks, you got to be convincing. And the talks are tailored not just to extremely technical talks, but there's lightning talks where you're five minutes and you can, they're, they're, they're five minutes long, they're 15 minutes on auto rotation, and you can talk about anything. If you want to talk about how your cat wakes you up every day or your beast, but or your stool, if you want to talk about your stool, that is a possibility to go talk about. And they're lightning Gonna talks. Do that. Yep. There, there are lightning talks. And so then when you go out and have these lightning talks and you submit your talk, guess what? You get invited to the conference. So now you get exposure. And now you're doing a five-minute talk versus a 35-minute talk. And, and no one cares about that you're talking about your car or spades or whatever the case may be. That's the freedom of it. So start something small like the lightning talks to overcome that fear. And then we we have women in Linux meetups every Wednesday. And if if it's a topic that you want to talk about uh, a, a talk, come just do a talk. We're OK with that. That's OK with us. That's that we, we want to help you get over that fear so you can start getting the exposure and giving it that exposure to your friends and to your family and to whoever else. Just but we want you to at least have the ability to do it. I think it's obvious that we're women, but I think also the big elephant is that we're black women as well, which is like a unicorn, especially for the tech industry. And I know a lot of misconceptions. Number one is that we're not going to be technical. And so when they get in a room and they're speaking and they finally hear that it's a technical conversation, it's just like the guards automatically come down. But also being a black woman in tech, a lot of time there um, there's this dual role we have to play in society. You know, number one being a woman, number two being a black woman, and the stereotypes that come with being a black woman. You know, if we are 
too opinionated, we're hostile. You know, if we are, you know, too nice, it might be something else going on. So we have to move in this space with kit gloves on. So a lot of times if we are in a meeting and, you know, everybody is contributing and if we are cut off or invalidated by points that we are trying to make, it is that dialogue that we have to say to ourselves, is this going to be worth the, the, the stress that's going to come by me saying what I really want to say? How are people going to perceive this? Because Rebecca is not going to get the same response as Dion is going to get. And why is because we've seen it played out or Dion is not going to get the same response as Ryan in the same case. And so it's just like, how can I move the team forward based on the technical knowledge that I have and the experience that I got hired to to bring to the table to push the, the project forward? without stepping on any toes. So nine times out of 10, when we have our safe space meetings, we are tired of being tired. <laughs> like right. we are mentally exhausted of this back and forth ping pong because at the end of the day, these are our livelihoods. And so hopefully you have an ally in a situation, but nine times out of 10, it's always a tiptoe about how can I move confidently in this space without shaking it up where people feel like I'm a threat. Well, I know this is going to shock you, but I'm a geek. And no. one of the things that <laughs> really stood out to me watching you both talk in your conferences and the podcast, listening to those that you've done interviews on is that you geek out on this stuff. <laughs> and so it's, that I, I talk about this constantly on my YouTube channel about there are many stories I've had. One was baseball. I know nothing about sports, but I talked to a, an old man in, in line for lunch about baseball. I could care less about baseball. He was geeking out about it so much. I sat down, wanted to learn more. There was somebody about watches that did this to me where they were talking about watches on their wrist and how each individual gear is individually filed down and made. And I could care less about a watch, but by the time they were done talking, I wanted to go buy a fancy watch. When people geek out about stuff, when they are excited about something, it, you can't fake it. It exudes off of them and everybody's attracted to that light. And I think that is what differentiates people like you who are geeks, not nerds like Michael, which you don't want to be a nerd. You want to be a geek. Um, and, basically the same, else. Ryan. No, it's um, the same actually thing. is what, see, nerds go, um, actually. I, and they don't have social did skills. I do that? I said basically they're the same. <laughs> Different but I, think, I think you both do that very well. You geek out on this and you can feel it. The whole yeah, time. yeah. I, I mean, I, I just like tech, you know, not just because it pays the bills, but it's it's again, it's a puzzle. It's like, oh my God, how can I get X, Y, and Z to to do this? So one of the biggest things, because I like cars. If you ever been to uh, Porsche or if you ever go to McLaren's website, any of those websites, I look at their jobs. And so I went and looked at their jobs and they have like DevOps jobs. So I'm like, okay, what, what does the DevOps job look like at Porsche? What does it look like at McLaren? What does it look like at Ford? What does it look like in General Motors? And I, I take that because I, I just want people to understand that Everybody has some type of Linux centric job 
that needs to get done at every single company. So when you think about uh, Anheuser-Busch or you think about any of those companies, they are there is somebody that's doing DevOps. One of the biggest pushes for DevOps right now was in the past year was from Dollar General. Dollar General was hiring people left and right for DevOps jobs. But when people think about Dollar General, they're not thinking about Dollar General from a perspective of going for looking for a job in DevOps or Linux or whatever. They're like, I'm going in there to spend me some money. Right. But no, a dollar. <laughs> right? A dollar no. Michael's <laughs> intimately familiar with that sh- with that particular yeah. uh, venue. <laughs> but but now it's 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 you know, don't look at the job, don't look at the company for what they're selling, look at the company for the type of jobs that they have. So I I I tell people like they like she says tech is tech and all things, but behind the scenes there's there are people that are hiring left and right for these DevOps jobs. So you don't have to always go to the Amazon to apply or you don't have to go to the Google to apply. Honeywell is looking for people to do DevOps. Honeywell is in everybody's house. Internet of Things. Uh, th- there's so many other companies out there that people can go apply for jobs for and and be a big fish in a small pond versus being being in the ocean and being a small fish. So we're all obviously huge fans of you now. You've gone through the gauntlet of questions. You've made it through unscathed. I've got another question here. That's the final the final judgment call. Oh snap! Are Is you there a gamers? Uh, I used to be. Well, used to be counts. Used to be counts. That so works. my my game was uh my game and it's still my game. Um, anything with the Mario Kart. Card yeah. uh, family is my game. I was a Star Fox fan. Mortal Kombat still my thing. You know, I'm I I am I am a shoot 'em up type of person. Uh, I uh, played the first person shooter. A uh, whole whole thing. Even even the NFL games are yeah. my game. I'm a big sports fan. So uh, Ryan, I know that's your, not your thing, but I'm a bit sports. No, fan. I love sports ball. <laughs> <laughs> Go so, team! Uh, yeah, yeah. So I'm a bit. We we, we really fan. like it when the team wins at the game that they play. Right. Yeah. So I'm a bit sports fan. So football, baseball, basketball. I I I watch everything. I like to watch the bowling tournaments. I. I I'm I'm that person. So I'm anything. I guess that may be competitive, right? That may, that might be the the. the We're gonna get you into esports if you're not into them already. Yeah, yeah. I am. We yeah, oh, we, nice. we we actually we have a whole channel and Slack whole, dedicated to channel. gaming. De- dedicated to gaming, and making money and gaming. Yeah. Right. Yeah, we was actually getting together with um, um, some gamers here in Tampa to uh, hold a, a gaming competition and a drone competition. So we're into drones. I have my stuff from Glean to be to get my pilot's license. So we're we're into drones, gaming, uh, robot wars. Uh, I'm I'm a, okay. I was a big Robot Wars fan. I'm a big sci-fi fan. You know, anything that deals She's with. A geek. I yeah competition and, and oh, uh, yeah just singing my music right now yeah so happy. i was yeah i grew up on tech tv so you know that was my thing yeah. star so. trek greater than star wars they all look the same to me i'm just playing <laughs> <laughs> you really are noah's camp because he, he hasn't watched star trek no 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 oh uh, so star trek versus star wars in my younger years uh star trek 
my mom was a Star Star Trek fan. She yeah. was like, that was her thing. She caught why she raised she, you right. She caught every episode <laughs> of Star Trek. Um, Star Wars came out. I caught I've caught every episode of of Star Wars. I am actually a Stargate fan. SG One. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so. I, yeah. I, I would put like Stargate, Stargate and Star Trek at the top for me. Uh, but Stargate is like my is, is I love that stuff just because of like the all of the the mythology associated to it just adds mm-hmm. extra little elements to it. So, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, you know, yeah, you do, assuming that. you ever actually had any time available that was free, do you game or anything? I was saying I am way too busy to game. We got a whole system in there. We were like, we're going to game. We're going to Mario Kart. It has not been played. I think it played a DVD <laughs> once. But because I am such a dude, I like anything that I can shoot, drive, and fight that I can kick. Those are all of my games. So Mortal Kombat, um, when we go to conferences and they have like events at the, the arcade, I am all for the first person shooter games. I'm doing OG pinball, you know, hitting the sides, shaking them up. I like a good ski ball. We were, you know, sh- shooting hoops, all that good stuff. I love a centipede, good Pac-Man. Again, I'm going to shoot some stuff up. So I'm definitely going to the shooter games. I'm clicking it and I am shooting everything that moves. Doesn't matter. So when I so- get time, I do like to relieve some stress doing shooting people up. It's funny to me that both of you seem a little bit resistant to answer that question at first. Like, ah, but you're clearly both gamers. So, yes, <laughs> the answer is yes. No, both no, yeah, because when I think of gamers, I think of like how I used to play games. Ah. And that was that was that was a whole binge from like I even went to Mario Kart tournaments. I, I still got a Nintendo. I have an Xbox. I have everything. You know, we just just what it is. Just it, it, again, it's so taking yes, all things. So if you are game, taking, <laughs> taking all things. Yeah. So I would definitely classify you as gamers too. Uh, but we, we'll, we, we'll take that. Yeah. I don't have a cool chair though. I'm not, I yeah, don't have anything recent game. under my belt, like where I'm just. Just don't get on. a stool. <laughs> <laughs> what if it was a cool stool that had like green highlights on it or whatever? Man, I'm all for a good stool, but you know when when you in gaming, you got to lean in, you got to get that's like right. comfort that's what, and that's what the squat thing, on and yeah. like depending on your controller, you got to lean into. But it. you can get completely into it because you're you're in the stool, and you can also stand up and have like another like a full like uh, you know get super intense into it. I, I think there's so many different variables to the stool. Well, we want to thank you so much for both coming to the show to be a part of Destination Linux to discuss the movement and the the mission that you're on and and just your experiences in the tech world, which is very awesome to you know to learn all this stuff about you, about you and about your experiences. And we want to thank you for all the work you're doing in the community as well yes. to promote diversity and inclusion and the the meetups that you're doing. And I'm actually I'm going to be definitely participating in some of those coming up here in the future. And not going to uh, get rid of us. Yeah, it's net. I'm sorry. Donations start uh, you know. pouring in. <laughs> <laughs> but if people want to learn more about Women in Linux, where can they find you and also get involved? We're on all social media at Women in Linux. Like our website is womeninlinux.com. That's W-O-M-E-N-I-N-L-I-N-U-X.com. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, 
our podcast is even called Women in Linux. You can catch us on YouTube at YouTube forward slash Women in Linux. So you name Women in Linux, it's probably us. So nice. So I'll see you on TikTok. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not no. yet. No. <laughs> You'll see Except Cam on one, TikTok. <laughs> you won't see D on TikTok. No. no well, thank you both. Thank, thank you, you for having me. So a big thank you to each and every one of you for supporting us by watching or listening to Destination Linux. If you want a behind-the-scenes pass into the making of the show and an opportunity to chat with us live, consider becoming a patron. There's so much more content that happens in interviews like this with women in Linux. We had so many great side conversations and things that you can be a part of if you're a patron. Our patrons help keep this show going and get perks like access to the live recordings. And if you can't make it to the live recordings, that's okay because you still get to view the unedited versions of the show. The best part is you can join for just a few dollars on Patreon or sponsors. The Destination Linux Network also has a great way for you to become a part of the community by going to destinationlinux.network and joining our forums. Discuss the shows, the network with listeners from all around the world, all in one place. Now, if you're looking for more live chat sessions, then we invite you to join our Telegram group or our Discord server, where you can interact and share your passion with Linux from members from all over the community. You can learn more by going to destinationlinux.network. And we love hearing from you. So please get back to us and provide some feedback or ask those burning questions. Send your video links or comments to comments at destinationlinux.org. Please try to keep the comments brief as we may include them in a future episode of the show. Also, do not forget to check out the DLN store where there may be stool merch coming soon. You can pick up swag from across the network of podcasts and shows. We still have our limited edition design that shows off all the founding shows of the Destination Linux network. So you want to grab one of those now. Get a hoodie, a t-shirt, a coffee cup today. Many have claimed that it's a complete life-changing experience. These are facts, people. Yes, facts that have been confirmed by at least all of our parents. So if you'd want more content from us, the fun doesn't stop here. We also have our own channels and content. You can go to youtube.com slash dosgeek to check out Ryan's content where he fills your brains on all things hardware, software, and Linux in general. You can also find my content by going to tuxdigital.com where I do an in-depth weekly Linux news podcast called This Week in Linux and other Linux-related content. Noah can be found at the asknoahshow.com, and Noah hosts this weekly talk radio show at 6 p.m. Central on Tuesdays. You can join him, and he'll answer your questions about Linux tech and even business if you're interested. And you can uh, be sure to check out all the other content that we have on the Destination Linux network, as well as the shows for Hardware Addicts, Linux for Everyone, and the DLNX10 podcast. And so everybody have a great week, and remember that the journey itself is just as important as the destination. Thanks, everyone.